because Eric needs to keep his clothes on. This is MuggleCast episode 254 for June 9th, 2012. This week's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals. For a free audiobook of your choice, go to audiblepodcast.com slash MuggleCast. Welcome to MuggleCast episode 254. It is another exciting episode. We have some good stuff to talk about this week. One thing, actually, we forgot to bring up on the last episode, which was kind of embarrassing. It completely slipped our minds, and yet it was pretty big news. Yeah, pretty big. So, big for uh, big for Japan, kind of like Godzilla. <laughs> it's out of this country. <laughs> <laughs> Not uh, Selena's. Well, yeah. No, it's guess. still my country. Not uh, all I, of the countries I, are my country. <laughs> well, uh, wait, which story are we talking about? I, I, the Tokyo? Now I'm World confused. Tokyo? That's what I thought about. Yeah, that's what I thought about. Oh, okay. Until yeah, Micah said... Selena's country. Yeah, there's going to be a Wizarding World in Denmark. That's the big. (laughs) Sweden. (laughs) No, yes, whatever. Wherever wherever it is that Selena may or may not be from. See, look, the the good thing about always pretending that you're from somewhere else is that listeners of the show can never track you down accurately. Exactly. Right. Yes. (laughs) Except I have you on Foursquare. (laughs) And, And and with you know podcasting, the type of podcasting we do, it's only audio, so you could pretend, you know. Pretend I'm a woman, or yeah. I'm, I'm you're you know, not? six foot five. <laughs> Nobody would know yeah. the truth ever. Speaking of the show being only audio, is it weird that I always brush my teeth before we record a podcast? Do you I really? It's this. a it's a courtesy to you guys, basically. Well, I was going to say maybe that's a good idea because your mouth is clear, so when you're speaking, it's free of any um, particles that may get in the way this, of your. This episode voice. of MuggleCast is minty fresh. <laughs> is brought to you by Crest. <laughs> okay, well, we will get to the news uh, in a moment. From Hypable.com, I'm Andrew Sims. From MuggleNet.com, I'm Eric Skull. From MuggleNet.com, I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And from Hypable.com, I'm Selena Wilkin. All right, Micah, actually do your job this week. Don't skip any important oh, news. Tell us, tell us what is going on in the news. Actually, start with what we missed last week, and then we'll get to the rest. Last month is more like it. <laughs> last- <laughs> several, <laughs> several weeks ago. Time flies. Yeah, this story actually broke at the uh, beginning of May, and <laughs> wow, wow. Just, we don't we don't need any listeners' help making us look bad. You know, yeah, like, I had no idea it'd been that long. Didn't at it? This point. Didn't it happen the night before we recorded the last episode, and we just forgot to sneak it in? Yeah, it was really soon too. Well, you it see, was, the yeah, problem was... is that WB is just opening up so many theme parks that the next one and the next one just. They, they all run together. It doesn't matter. Any. It's not any big news, is it? Uh, okay. Well, I guess it is because it's the first international Harry Potter uh, theme park that's opening up in Osaka, Japan, and it's slated to open in 2014. This was reported, like I said, at the beginning of May by the Los Angeles Times and later confirmed in a press release by Warner Brothers. So Osaka, Japan. Yeah. I mean, I think, I guess the, the first question is, was this the right place for you know, even though this is the third park announced, this is technically the second park opening because the funny thing is it's opening up before Wizarding World Hollywood. Interesting. Yeah. And that apparently is because at Wizarding World Hollywood, they don't have as much room to work with. So they have to clear a good amount of space first. Yeah. And that's going to Demolition first and then construction. Yeah. 
Yeah, I gotcha. And they haven't even started yet, despite the fact it was announced in what, February? So. Oh, really? They haven't started yet? Well, because, um, we will talk about the story in a minute, but it's actually going to be replacing the Gibson. Oh, yeah, I saw, the, not I saw those out. tweets at the MTV Movie Awards. Um, yeah. About I think, that. I think it's a good thing that they're bringing something like this to Japan because, I mean, the UK already has the, um, I mean, it's not the same thing, but we already have the studio tour. And, um, and, you know, Asia needs something like that as well for the, um, the Asian fans not to have to travel all the way to the US. I just feel like Australia should get something soon. They never get anything. <laughs> well, uh, speaking of that, Selena, Australia had the exhibition, which is now that's in true. Singapore. Um, so that's, the, fortunately, that's making its way west. I know it, the first four stops were in North America. So, again, a lot of people were upset, you know, give us some international love. You know, that kind of thing. And and so now, with the theme park opening in Japan, it's more of a, a more permanent fixture. Um, I don't know. I think it'll be cool, but I've never been to Japan, so it might be it'll a good be really reason to popular, go. really popular, I think. Yeah, it'll be totally popular. I wonder how many rides they'll have. I wonder how they're going to design it. It's going to be Considering crazy. we know well, they, how the I, Florida park is laid out. I think they said it's going to be the same. It's going to have the same attractions. Uh, I mean, it could be laid out a bit differently, but... I have to think that all these parks are probably going to be even laid out the same because when you walk through the Grand Entrance, you get that kind of perfect view of um, of Hogsmeade and the castle in the background. It's just like a really picture-perfect kind of setting. So I think they want to keep that for all of the parks. So I imagine these are all going to look pretty similar. I, I think you're right. Um, sorry, go ahead, Selena. No, I was just going to say the question is if they're going to try to make this one British as well. Because I know, don't doesn't the the Orlando one, don't they try to do British accents? So are they going to try yes. to make it an English-speaking well, park? Or is it, do you think it's... Well, the characters are British. Not all the employees, but like the Hogwarts conductor speaks in a British accent and he acts like a wizard. He doesn't know anything about wizard technology or muggle technology. Uh, and, and the people who do the... the uh, Bobaton, Bobaton, and uh, Durmstrang shows, they have British Which accents. Which is funny, because they're rest... supposed to be French. <laughs> right. <laughs> or maybe, maybe they speak... No, they do speak with a... No, they don't speak at all. Yeah, they uh, just dance. Students do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, the, um, the interesting thing is, like, no matter how many times I go to the theme park, I love it. But seeing that Tokyo, or thinking about Orlando, or sorry, um, California, Hollywood being being laid out the same... I don't like that as much as an idea because, like, no matter how awesome Orlando is and it's totally, like, the greatest thing for us as Harry Potter fans, you know, as soon as that park opened, I could have pointed out 10 or 15 things I would rather see or or do on the next one. You Mm. know, and I'm sure I'm not the only fan there. But, like, the fact that you can only explore Hogwarts as part of the line of the Forbidden Journey ride. No, I would open up a courtyard or something. You know, I'd have you climb that mountain, go up a little bit, a little bit more, you know, something like that. Just as a, a sightseeing thing, having having more areas, not necessarily to shop, but just to hang out with even different views, I would just install that on my next park. You know, I'm not saying they need to edit what's already there, but if you're talking about expanding, building more parks around the world, why wouldn't you add a little touch of something that's different? Yeah, we don't want um, 10 clone parks. Yeah, yeah, that is kind of boring. Yeah. Well, so. one of the questions to ask, though, is would the expansions that are being made in Orlando be included in what's opening up in uh, Japan, or is it just going to be the the basic park that we've already experienced down in Florida? 
I have a hard time believing the landscape is exactly the same. I mean, unless there's a Universal Studios Osaka with an Islands of Adventure Osaka, I don't. You know, I see what you're saying with <laughs> will, but what you know what I'm saying? Like, will Diagon Alley open it's, up into the theme park, or what are they going to do? It's it's a good question. I don't I don't think it will be the expansion that Orlando is going. It, you're not going to see any parts of the expansion that Orlando is getting because I think they still want Orlando to kind of be the supreme location more so than Hollywood. Yeah, well, there. I mean, there's definitely not going to be room there to do it. Because, well, I mean, first of all, they've already said it's going to be just like the one in Orlando. They they didn't even hint at any relation to the expansion. Um, but yeah, I just th- I don't think that's going to happen. I really want to go to but, one of these parks. Oh, <laughs> you've never been? No. Uh, I wonder if... Well, um, yeah, one in at least Sweden. Sweden. Yeah, why not? <laughs> or the UK. I, we're, what could be next, though? I mean, because you have to think eventually. I think they said in the, the Japan article... Uh, la times or somebody interviewed somebody universal and they said well we have three now now we're definitely not you know thinking about other places to put it <laughs> for now but what what could be next i mean i would have to think uk the uk would have to be uh a priority now that they're they're looking at a fourth park hmm. maybe australia um yeah like yeah somebody said I, just because it's a big it's its own continent you know um <sighs> What was I going to say? Um, I think they're going to start franchising out, to be honest, like Starbucks or 7-Eleven. I'll be able to open one <laughs> up in my backyard. Be one in every you know, corner. <laughs> my, li- my, little, my little patch of grass. I wonder what ride we could put there, but um, I'll, have to, I'll have to think about it. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I just hope that they keep... I don't know. Are more parks a good thing or a bad thing? Like, if there are... So there are going to be three in the world. Does that detract from the value? Or what if there are four? What if there are five? I mean, there know. are three Disneylands or Disney Worlds. This one in um, oh, there are, aren't there? Two in America, one in France, and and Tokyo. And there's I've one in Tokyo. I've never been to the French one. In Japan, there's a Disney. Oh, where in there? Japan. Okay, and there's yeah. a there may be a like fifth. Legoland's everywhere as well. The first one was in Denmark. Right. Anyway, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think they're all going to be. <laughs> yeah, I think they're all going to be pretty special. I I just think, and I think it doesn't hurt any of the other parks i think the only two that are may kind of hurt each other of course are of course orlando and hollywood because mm-hmm. they're, they're in the same country well now i'm on I, different um, coasts yeah now that i think about they're it in different coasts but let's say you live in seattle you're like oh i really want to go to wizarding world and if hollywood didn't exist you would absolutely be going to orlando you wouldn't even, you wouldn't be sitting there saying oh i'm just gonna wait for hollywood to open yeah before it but one of the things, though, is that Orlando is sort of the resort mecca of the world, right, in terms of theme parks and other yeah. things like that. So maybe you do go to Orlando. I was just looking at the list here. We mentioned Hollywood. We mentioned Orlando. We mentioned Japan. Funny enough, the other location where there is a Universal Studios is in Singapore, where the exhibition is right now. Uh, so that could <laughs> be another future uh, option for uh, the Wizarding World. I'm um, taking a look now at the franchises, um, but that has actually nothing to do with the theme parks. That's more to do with the movies. So, you know, I- I've been thinking about the expansion a lot because I'm really excited about it. And the I realize that the reason they're keeping it quiet for so long, I mean, come on, all of Jaws is knocked out at this point. It's just dirt. <laughs> they they have to be start. They have to start building vertically really soon. It can't be far off. I think that you're doing it because they feel that as soon as they announce it, that's going to hurt ticket sales for newcomers because everybody's going to want to wait until the expansion opens up. They won't let, let's say, let's say I have a family with three kids 
and I'm sitting here right now thinking I want to take them to the Wizarding World for the first time. I, if I heard there's going to be an expansion, if I go, if I read this news article about this new expansion coming in, let's say 2015, I'm going to wait until 2015 for the expansion to open up. Hmm. So I think Universal's keeping it quiet for as long as they possibly can. And then they are going to announce it because they don't want to hurt ticket sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just wanted to point that out. That may be kind of obvious, but I just wanted to point it no, out. But would you really wait three years? Yeah, definitely. A, a family with, with kids, they want to get their money's worth. Eh. If they're big Harry Potter fans. Yeah, I, I get I get People that. do. I, you know, I have people asking me. Or, or people asking my mom, who, and then she asked me, <laughs> when's the expansion opening up? They don't want, they want to wait until the expansion. Yeah. I was like, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah. And the existing park is great. Like, let's not, you know, cast a, a negative light on it. But I, I can see exactly what you're saying. I mean, people wanting to wait until the newest things is up. Cause there's, if there's going to be a crowd, if there's going to be all this money that you spend taking your family yeah. to the park. Right. Um, it's thousands of dollars. Yeah, it is these days to travel with a family. So I can see how that would, I, I see how that makes sense. And I see how that would sway the decision. I mean, we already know there will be an expansion. I guess what you're saying is just the details surrounding it, like how many rides, yeah. et cetera, will be added. And, and when it's going to open and right. What rides, what, what's it going to entail? All they've said, they've literally, they've said, like five words about it that yes they are planning planning an expansion but no time frame eh, that's exciting but you know to, to wrap up this yeah it is um to wrap up this portion i just want to say that it will it will be interesting to see um the tokyo park be built or sorry the japan park be built because there are lots of questions you know like eric said will it be laid out the same or what differences will it be so It'll be very interesting. I'm looking forward to seeing the construction photos and whatnot. Yeah, I, I'm interested also in in the differences. I think there has to be something that makes each of these parks unique from the other because there are going to be people who are going to travel and want to go to all of them if they can. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. That's a good point. Yeah, I mean, we haven't even seen concept art for these other parks. Maybe they're just using the same concept art. <laughs> I, yeah. I guess so. I mean, because I remember when they announced the Wizarding World, the, Orlando, that was a so huge announcement. Concept art for that yeah. was amazing. Yes. was right. absolutely right. amazing. I still sometimes set that one concept art as my desktop. It's got the, the family in front, you know, and they go up the hill and there's Hogwarts. Um, yeah, that is cool. That's cool. Okay, we're going to continue with the news in a moment, but first, we need to remind you that today's podcast is brought to you by Audible.com, the Internet's leading provider of audiobooks with more than 100,000 downloadable titles across all types of literature and featuring audio versions of many New York Times bestsellers. For listeners of this podcast, Audible is offering a free audiobook to give you a chance to try out their great service. Here's a book perfect for the summertime, Wild, From Lost to Found on the Pacific Crest Trail by Cheryl Strayed. This is Oprah's first selection for her brand new book club called Oprah's Book Club 2.0, just launched a couple of weeks ago. Wild is a powerful, blazingly honest memoir, the story of an 1,100-mile solo hike that broke down a young woman reeling from catastrophe and built her back up again. I'm actually going on a road trip in a couple weeks. I cannot wait to listen to this. I have a good feeling about this one. Oprah picked it, so it must be great, and I have a feeling I'm going to be listening to this all the way across the country as I drive. So for a free audiobook of your choice, such as Wild, go to audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. That's audiblepodcast.com slash mugglecast. And we thank Audible for their support of the show. 
what else is going on in the news? On the last episode, we read this quote uh, from J.K. Rowling's new website at the time, and it said, For a long time, I've been promising an encyclopedia of Harry's world, and I have started work on this now. Some of it forms the new content in Pottermore. It is likely to be a time-consuming job, but when finished, I shall donate all royalties to charity. Now, this was a pretty big Woo-hoo! news story. It, it broke in other forms of media, not just your average fan site. I mean, newspapers and other media outlets were picking it up. The fact that she was actually going to be writing an encyclopedia, that the proceeds were going to charity. Then, just a couple of weeks later, she updated her website again. And this quote that I just read was removed. In its place was, I have been enjoying sharing information about Harry's world on Pottermore for free and don't have any firm plans to publish it in book form. Boo. <laughs> so what? What? Bit of a flip-flopper. What that changed? What, what happened? Micah, you got to catch that fish in that net. It's flopping around. Well, my my theory is that, you know, they, they put out this little blurb, the initial blurb that said, I'm working on this now. And obviously, like you said, Micah, it made national headlines all over the internet. And I'm sure some television outlets and newspapers reported it too, because it is big news. And I think they got a little scared. I think they were like, well, wait a second, wait a second. Do we have firm plans about this? When are we going to release it? And as we'll talk about in a, in a bit, JK Rowling in the meantime has been busy releasing new material in other ways in the form of Pottermore and a video game that we'll talk about in a little bit. So I think they may have been afraid to take the attention off of those as well. They, they want all the focus to be on Pottermore and, uh, Book of Spells right now, not mm-hmm. an impending encyclopedia. But it was a big flip-flop. It was. Yeah. And it is sort of worrying because I think for most fans, like at least we, like we enjoy Pottermore. We enjoy all these little re, you know, re, uh, releases of, of the books we've already read, but we want the encyclopedia. Like, yeah. You know, at least I do. I mean, she better put all that info into Pottermore yeah. then. Well, <laughs> like, yeah. double or triple the size per book. Uh, but it's of not the same. You know, Pottermore like has. having to click from one thing to another and find a little feather and. and, and no, and when you get cancer not. because you're sitting in front of your computer so long. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> It's it's tough being well, us. I don't know. I just want the tome. Feel like Hermione. I don't know. <laughs> I do want the tome. You're right. You're right. I'm saving my thoughts until we get to the video game but discussion. If you read the the words carefully. It says that she doesn't have any plans to publish what's on Pottermore in book form. In book form. Yeah, that's true. Not that she won't do an encyclopedia. However, she does say in that other quote that some of the content from the encyclopedia that she was considering writing forms the new content in Pottermore. So uh, it's just, it's frustrating, I think, for a lot of people because it did make such big news when that quote was found on her website and really pushed out there through all the major channels. Um, but I wouldn't understand, though, why she would still be hesitant to do this because she talked about the proceeds benefiting charity. The thing um, is there are bu- three there are three pages on JK Rowling's new site. It feels like maybe a hundred words to the whole site. And <laughs> to think that she didn't choose their words that carefully that she had to go and remove something that that was on there. Um, you know, cuz there's really they removed everything. There's not a lot on that site. Um, the timeline 
I think that's about it. And, uh, you know, the fact that they had to remove this and change this, I, I don't know. I'm just, I want to know what's going on. I want to know what her thought process is. <laughs> I want to know more about the casual vacancy. And I, this is just confusing to me all around now that there, well, there was going to be an encyclopedia and now there's not. Um, she's right. really embracing these, um, alternative outlets, isn't she? Like with the ebooks and Pottermore and our next news story and all that. <laughs> yeah, I think I think Sony's probably got her in uh, handcuffs right now. But surely not. I mean, she's J.K. <sighs> well, Rowling. She rules the world. Like, <laughs> well, let, let's let's talk about that. Okay, Micah, please. I'm gonna take a shot while you introduce. Me. <laughs> <laughs> I already took three, so <laughs> you need to catch up. But. Earlier this week, it was announced that Sony will publish uh, a new book with Wonderbook technology uh, that was presented at the E3 conference, which is a big video gaming conference. And it's going to be titled Harry Potter Book of Spells, an interactive spell book that will let the reader flip through the pages and learn spells from the magical world of Harry Potter. Yeah, hold on. You know what's weird so far about this, too? It's not even called Harry Potter Book of Spells. Technically, it's called Wonder Book Book of Spells. <laughs> For some reason, they don't want to include Harry Potter in the title of this game. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah, maybe I guess they that have is some, a little weird. Maybe they have, you know, with the Harry Potter branding, isn't it um, E-something who's been doing all the Harry Potter games? Uh, what is it called? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Electronic, Electronic Arts. Arts. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. maybe they have some kind mm-hmm. of... Patent on the name? Nah, it can't be that. I think it's it's that Harry Potter's not in the game, right? Mm, that makes more sense, right? You don't want to promise something; it's not. Well, the right. interesting thing isn't J.K. Rowling writing this game. Yeah, well, yeah. Go ahead, Micah. So tell us more about Book of Spells. Sure. Um, well, while reading the story and seeing it unfold in front of you, uh, you can use a PlayStation Move to cast spells. Isn't that exciting? So. I'm assuming that a lot of these components that they're talking about uh, for this particular game, you'd have to go out and purchase separately from anything that you would normally get with your PlayStation 3. Right. You do not just need your PlayStation 3 in the game itself. You need the PlayStation 3, the Book of Spells game, the PlayStation Move controller, the PlayStation Eye, which is a camera, and the PlayStation Wonderbook. So you need, need three PlayStation devices plus the PlayStation plus the game itself. Do you guys do you guys remember back when um, Order of the Phoenix game was being released for the Wii and everyone was so excited about the new Wii technology that would allow you yeah. to use your Wii controller as a as a wand and then the game came out yeah. and you were literally just <laughs> shaking it like every, every way you could to get to, you know the stupid book to like fly across the room. I I I'm, I'm sure that technology has moved since then, but I just almost cannot get excited about having to move my PlayStation, whatever it was, <laughs> you know, around in a circle. I don't know. Right. Well, and what happens is you lay this book, this new technology. They they debuted the Wonder Book at E3. This was the new. This was the big reveal. And you lay this book on the floor, and your Sony Eye camera is looking at the book on the floor. And so it, it takes that picture and puts it on your television screen. And then that book laying on the floor magically gets turned into a Harry Potter spell book. And then you discover spells by practicing them and you get to le- learn all this new history. And one example that they provided is um, how the Wingardium Leviosa spell 
is discovered. And I thought that's a great mm-hmm. idea. I think that's kind of classic J.K. Rowling information you could expect from her. Something you would probably expect to see in the in Pottermore or in the encyclopedia. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it's in this in this video game. And I wrote a piece on Hypable, venting my frustration. I just got so worked up. And it was like 11 o'clock, and this came out of nowhere. 11 o'clock at night, and I just started writing it. I, I, because I just can't believe that. And the, the other angle to this is that Sony announced this is the latest step in their partnership with J.K. Rowling. And what bothers me most is that J.K. Rowling is now releasing all this information that fans have been craving for for years in an encyclopedia. She's decided to release it via Pottermore and now via Book of Spells. And who knows what else Sony and J.K. Rowling may come up with. And I just feel like it goes against everything that she's sort of been about when all the Harry Potter books were coming out. Uh, We always liked Joe because they weren't selling out. You know, you had the books and the movies and you had some merchandise and that was it. But now, like, there's this whole new level where you're required to buy all this extra stuff in the case of Book of Spells to get this new J.K. Rowling material. And I just think it's, I think it's bad. And I, I, I feel like Sony has J.K. Rowling tied down, uh, in a way in that, like, come on, did she really, did they actually go to her with this? And she actually said, this sounds great. I'm going to release new information through a video game, through a video game book. I mean, I'm at, I'm yeah, not. I'm not I mean, sold on the book format, to be honest. I I, I need to. Yeah, this is stupid. I need to read. I need to read. I need to look at the, the. I need to watch. I haven't watched all the E3 footage, and I haven't watched this Wonder Book promo. But I'm not. I'm not sold on this book idea. I don't. I don't know. It's making books cool, which could be cool. Um, but you're not even reading it like a book. You know what yeah, I mean? If you're it's setting just... the book on the floor and your camera is looking at the floor, I don't know how that's exciting. I don't know <laughs> at what point that got through the approval process. Um, but I'm. It's gonna bomb. I'm, ah, maybe this book, <laughs> also, book. Maybe this book of spells will will be what keeps it afloat. I don't know. It could be a really cool game. No, it, it begs the well, question. Well, thank God though, they have this. <laughs> what age range is it aiming for? Because people our age are not going to buy this. Right. Yes, that's the other thing. Age are the only Rowling, ones who can afford it. J.K. Rowling again. They did it with Pottermore. We had talked about how how they had been catering to kids with Pottermore because you couldn't re- use your real name and all that. And this book of spells is another children's thing. You know, I don't want to sit there with all my with three hundred fifty dollars worth of PlayStation mm-hmm. equipment and be flicking at the screen. I'm sure it's not going to be perfect, so it's going to be frustrating to get this stuff to work. <sighs> but you know, the thing though, like with J.K. Rowling over the past few years, is that even though she's all about she know clearly must know that we fans have grown up with the series she is still so intent on appealing to children like i remember a few years ago she came to denmark to accept uh the hc anderson prize and this is just a random example but she we i went to down to see her and i got to see her speak but then she had this exclusive reading of her books that was only for children aged i think it was 11 and under and the interesting thing about that is that they don't speak english in denmark so they were not able to understand what she was saying but they were the only ones allowed into her reading and it's just that kind of logic that sort of seems to go through everything that she does these days that she's so intent on making these things for children the wonder book pottermore but then all this huge information background information about the books that's something that we care about, so it doesn't really correspond, you know. I I, yeah, I understand that point. I get that point. And like Andrew was saying, with the books, they were available to everyone. 
And I mean, if, if a Harry Potter book isn't published in your language, I don't know where you live because those books, you know, over time <laughs> they're, they're available in all the countries under all, under 37 or more different languages. I don't know where 37 even came from. Latin. Just, <laughs> even in Latin. Even, even in Latin, which hasn't been spoken in like 3000 years. So anyway, um, you know, just the idea that you need a PlayStation, you need the, the move, the eye, the cam, the book, the wonder book, wonder bra, I almost said. Electricity, Electri- a electricity, television. a television. Oh my God. They're so demanding. You know, <laughs> a chair, nothing, nothing, nothing like <laughs> candlelight, some Pepsi. Harry Potter. Yeah. Okay. It is contradictory though to what she said about the encyclopedia because the quote from that was, I've been enjoying sharing information about Harry's world on Pottermore for free. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you can go out and spend $300 on the PS3. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. This, this and- could be, I want to see more about. Book of Spells before I make my final decision, but I think you guys are right. Um, cause even, even something like Rock Band, you know, where you have an entire set of instruments that comes with a thing, like, I just find, you know, that it sits around and, and takes up a lot of space. It costs a lot of money. It's right. a lot of an, it's a, you know, it's a huge investment. Um, you know, it's getting going. And in the end, I, I'm not sure it's worth it. Cause like, even if, say, say Book of Spells manages to, to interest me and I get, I get the Wonder Book, you know, w- there's, there's really not, I really don't think there's going to be a second Wonder Book game that really interests me. I don't want to be too negative here, but, but what, you know, what could the, the second Wonder Book, like, it, I would have to get a lot of books or a lot of games that are Wonder Book games in order to justify getting the Wonder Book. They could do some kind of like Wonder Monster thing, like, I don't know. You had to raise a bunch of monsters in Hagrid's class, like <laughs> something. Learn about well, them. But see, like this doesn't. Why that wouldn't even require the Wonder Book device? I, I mean, it's know. like this technology. Monster so Book strange. of Monsters. Here's the thing: like when uh, that scene in in Diagon Alley in Pottermore, when you buy all the spell books and stuff, because they're in your item or your cart, and you need them in your cart before you can progress through the level. I assume we could at least read a paragraph or two from each of those books, but we can't. Like, there are still so many parts of Pottermore that I wish were more in-depth, you know, more bo- more books, details, and stuff. Like, you know, I, I, I don't see why they're resorting to this format. Like, it could be cool, but it could also not be cool. Um, and I just think they should really focus on making Pottermore better. Like, has everybody moved on from, you know, there was like that eight or nine month hiatus between Pottermore, uh, beta opening book one and then public opening book one, and they still haven't, you know, gone back or changed much, you know, with book one. Like, there's still way many ways they can make it better. Why are they moving on to this game with this new technology, with this new stuff? You know, I, I'm thinking like Pottermore is still, still needs some work, guys. <laughs> It's, yeah, they, they're kind of taking um, away the attention of Potter more At the more. same time, though, just to sort of play devil's advocate, because we're being really negative, I just realized um, that... Never. I mean, never I, on this never. show are we negative. Um, but the, I guess a good thing, though, could be that even though Harry Potter has ended quite a few years ago now, new things still keep coming out. Like, it's not like Harry Potter's in the yeah, past and J.K. Rowling has moved on. Mm-hmm. Like, even though there's no more books coming out, there are theme parks, there are websites, there are games, there are all these different things. And even though it might not be the encyclopedia that we want, I'm sure that it's going... It's You know, this whole interactive experience is getting new generations involved with Harry Potter, and that is yeah. that is a positive thing. I I still think an encyclopedia will happen. I just think it's disappointing that we're seeing all this other stuff 
that includes material which could have been in the encyclopedia mm. kind of like spoilers, being released first. Isn't it? Like spoilers for the encyclopedia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the one saving grace, I could kind of m- imagine a behind-the-scenes situation happening where J.K. Rowling agreed that Wonder Book, Book of Spells, has the exclusive on all this wand information, or the spell information for, let's say, a year or two. Um, I'm sure Sony, because Sony wanted her to release some brand new stuff to make this more interesting. And she said, okay, I'll do it, but this stuff is going to end up in, in, in an encyclopedia, but I'll release it in 2015. So you guys have all this information just exclusively in this game for two or three years. That, that's part of what I was going to talk about a little bit uh, before we move on. Is that's you, know, you have to remember, Sony is this multi- billion dollar corporation that signed a deal with J.K. Rowling for Pottermore and chances are there was probably something in that agreement that allowed for something like this book of spells. Right. To to they probably had this clause where they could, you know, creatively come up with new ideas and work together on new projects. Fortunately it doesn't seem like they're just uh not caring about it. It does seem like it's a, it's at least an original idea. Um, you know, obviously we'll, we'll, we'll wait to see how the execution is, but it's, it is a solid idea. And for that, I think we should give it credit. And I just, I guess I'm just feeling what Selena said about it being new content. You know, JK Rowling could be like JD Salinger and go in a hole for, you know, 60 years until her, until her death. And she didn't, you know, she's still out there doing stuff. So, I mean, new content from JK Rowling, that's a plus. Obviously, you know, the exclusivity of that content how easy it'll be for us to get it and whether or not we'll like it once we do is, is our concerns here. But ultimately I, I'm glad that at least if Sony, if Sony is or has to be doing these things with Harry Potter, at least it's, I don't know, it, it is kind of a unique idea and at least they keep and, trying that stuff. And they, the reason they, like you said, Micah, I think, uh, you know, Sony's a company, they're here to make money and they got to compete with we. So this is kind of a, an original idea to, to kind of go at Wii. I mean, it's certainly going after the kids, which Wii is so successful uh, with. Um, but I will also say some positives about Book of Spells. First of all, the new material makes it very cool. Second of all, the graphics look fantastic. It looks very... It kind of looks like it's straight out of the movies. All the artwork um, in the uh, Wingardium Leviosa history scene, there's this pop-up um, paper... Uh, what, what, what is that called? Uh, pop, paper theater that you hold in your hands digitally. You hold up the Wonder Book and it appears on the television screen and you see the history of Wingardium Leviosa being played out in your hands, basically. So that is cool. I I, personally just, you know, have been hoping for all this to be coming out in an encyclopedia and to not require people to spend so much money on new J.K. Rowling material. Do do as many Harry Potter video games as you want. It's the original material that bothers me. The, um... Man, with the PlayStation Eye, I guess that means I'm going to have to start wearing clothing when I play my games. You know? Well, I don't think it's uploading pictures <laughs> No, to but, like, I would never trust it. You know what I'm saying? Like, just hanging around and with my Wonder Book and my boxers or whatever. I'm not going to do that. Right. Well, the PlayStation may... The PlayStation Eye may get confused as to which is the controller and which is... um. Well, what else is in the news, Micah? <laughs> well, that's a great segue to MTV. <laughs> <laughs> I want my MTV. So the MTV Movie Awards took place over the weekend, and not surprisingly, Potter did not so well. Uh, so 
Uh, they did walk away with best <laughs> hang on, cast. Hang on here, because I thought that Potter, I thought we discussed this, and we thought it had a chance in the two <laughs> categories that it actually won in. Am well, I- no, because the, the, the category, one of the categories didn't even exist when oh. we did our last show. Oh, jeez. So. okay. <laughs> it was interesting that the movie awards, the Hunger Games actually ended up doing the best. With four awards, Harry Potter won two. Not really that interesting. Or it's not really surprising, (laughs) is it? (laughs) Well, it's freshest on everyone's mind, right? I mean, I think the good thing here is that the the Potter fan sites all, you know, reminded people, you know, go out, vote, you know, make your vote count. Because ultimately it was down to the users. This this awards show, you know, we could affect change. Um, So, I mean, Hunger Games is freshest on everyone's mind, I think. Out Mm -hmm. of the nominees, it was probably the most recent film. Um, That's a good point. So why didn't it win Best Hero? Harry Potter won Best Hero by a landslide. People don't like PETA, I guess. I don't really know. (laughs) No, no, Katniss was the nominee. Katniss is a girl, dude. Sorry, she's not the best hero. I think because Harry, as a a character, probably has a lot more cred than the Potter films. Does that make sense? Katniss is awesome. But I can see yeah. where, if you're talking about a category of best hero, and you're talking about Harry Potter, who's just been around longer, um, I think that's probably why. Also, you know, maybe it was just people frustrated because Harry didn't win anything at the Academy Awards. <laughs> um, you know, still though, you're talking about Harry Potter's last or second to last, I think the Saturn Awards or later this month. But, you know, pretty much his last big chance at winning an award, um, I'm glad. That, that he won Best Hero, but, you know, maybe that had something to do with it. Yeah, so the other um, award that it picked up was Best Cast, and uh, beat out the Hunger Games there as well. But uh, Emma, go ahead. And Emma, Emma Watson was there, and she accepted the, the award. I'm glad they had somebody and there. Yeah. You know what? yeah, well, she was actually there for Perks of Being a Wallflower. <laughs> that trailer premiered. Uh, which actually, by the way, very, very, very good trailer. Oh, I haven't. I, I read it a long time ago, and I haven't seen the trailer yet. So I got to look yeah. at that. Great book. Now, yeah, now, yeah. Just out of curiosity, the, how do you pronounce uh, Voldemort's name, the actor who plays him? Oh. Rafe? Yeah. Is it Rafe Fiennes? She, she, I thought it was so, Rafe Fiennes, right? Yeah. Yeah, Rafe me too. Fiennes. But then Emma said Ralph, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> So, uh, wow. <laughs> it must be her, you uh, yeah. know, she's, she spent some months filming in America. I think, I think she's, I think that's her American showing. Could yeah. be. Yeah, that's funny, Mike. I thought the same exact thing when I heard her Ralph. say it. But her, her acceptance speech for best cast was really good because she even thanked Dobby and, uh, another creature, Hedwig. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, Hedwig. <laughs> yeah, she was like, you know, there's Harry, Dan, there's, there's Ron, there's Rupert, and there's Dobby, and there's Hedwig. <laughs> Oh, Hedwig. I wonder how much Hedwig, how, like, if Hedwig was real, like, at any point. But it, that's it now, right? Are there any other award shows that could possibly recognize yeah, I think Harry the Potter? Saturn it's Awards, been a year now, so. I'm gonna, yeah, I'm going to look it up. I, I'm I'm pretty sure the Saturn Awards, um, I'm looking that up now. But yeah, I'm best still cast, pissed this, about that best kiss This one, one we did talk about. <laughs> uh, nope, nope. Saturn happened in February. Um Jupiter Awards? <laughs> now I'm just throwing <laughs> awards out the Pluto. <laughs> Thank goodness. I can't take this pressure anymore. Ugh, yeah. We talked about best cast, though. We did think that that was the film that was nominated yeah. that had the best chance because you're not going to beat all of those British actors that, that came out. You know, the, the, the entire cast. Not even for Deathly Hallows Part 2, but yes, for Deathly Hallows Part 2. Um, just throughout the years. You know, Hunger Games, great movie and good cast. But but it's just they don't it doesn't hold a candle. 
um, to Harry Potter. You know, when you're talking about the mm-hmm. whole group. Yeah. I mean, obviously, when they say cast, they mean the entire cast, but they only mentioned a few. I think sort of the main younger actors, but really I thought it could have been more impactful had they included some of the adult actors in that uh, category as well. The interesting thing is that, you know, when you're voting for these awards, your your interpretation of what that category means is different from, you know, an award show can only list maybe three or four people because they have to read, you know, under each award because they have to read those on the air. Like, who this means. But if you're talking about best cast, that means everybody. And I think everybody who voted, you know, voted accordingly. Um, they didn't, you know, it, or otherwise it would have just said best main character, you know, which is another uh, another category, right? So, But I, you I, know what bothered me, and, yeah. and it probably shouldn't because this is just the MTV Movie Awards, is Whoa. that, uh, you know, you saw uh, the Hunger Games win a lot, but then it got to Movie of the Year, and it was... The, the Twilight Breaking film. Dawn Part One. Yeah, it's, don't act like you don't know the title. <laughs> I've, I've never that seen movie the with vampires. You know what? <laughs> I thought that movie. Let's sidetrack. I thought that movie was actually pretty good. Well, we know who voted. You really? <laughs> over and over and I over. Just, again. That was odd. That was odd. No, but you see what Harry I'm Potter saying Twilight from a continuity up- standpoint. Right. I just think we it would was expect odd. the Hunger Games to win. Yeah, exactly. Because right. they. That would have made. They are sense. the sort of the strongest fan base at the moment, but I suppose in a way, could it make sense that maybe the Hunger Games and Harry Potter fans sort of split the vote? I know that all three kind of overlap, but yeah, I think maybe the Breaking Dawn people thought the Breaking Dawn troop, Twilight troop, thought right. that they they had the best chance under that one award because you know you're talking about best hero. Sorry, Bella, Bella Swan doesn't really cut it, um, you know, and some of the other some of the other casts, you know, just in terms of. All the other awards, I think maybe they all saw and united under one award. Not like I saw, you know, tweets about it saying, oh, only vote for, you know, get Breaking Dawn in there. But you're right. I mean, but I think maybe they just all realized that that was kind of their way to make their mark was for, for best film. I guess one it is One of the big things well, this year. It was truly the um, Harry Potter Twilight Hunger Games Awards because every single award that they presented on stage either went to Harry Potter, Twilight, or the That's funny. Is, this is the only year where all three all, th- all three major franchises would... Oh, yeah. Man. That's why it was so exciting. And yet, it wasn't exciting at all. <laughs> what I was going to ask, though, is I thought that there was a lot of news about the fact that Twilight hadn't been nominated in a lot of the categories that it usually was. In fact, their their nominations were cut down, so their chance of winning actually wasn't as high as it has been in years past. Oh. Hmm. Well, yeah, because they've been winning, like, nonstop the past yeah, few years. Yeah, might as well so. not even host the awards, just give them out to uh, right. Twilight every single year. But you know what? Truth be told, Harry Potter won all the awards because that Gibson Amphitheater is being torn down at Hogwarts. is going to be sitting on top. Uh-huh. So take that, <laughs> Twilight. Laugh take that, Hunger to, Games. To Harry. I love that. Harry Potter has pawned them. <laughs> Cedric is a I just, I just pawned wish there was a commercial them. at the He's end. That said, I just wish there was a commercial at the end that said, coming to this exact location <laughs> in three years. Freaking Hogwarts! Uh, <laughs> they'd have like a graphic of like, yeah, all of the people in the audience being crushed by like a massive Hogwarts like, falling. Down. <laughs> all those, all those. The Twilight <laughs> cast gets like bulldozed <laughs> over because they're starting to clear the amphitheater for the park. <laughs> I'm sorry, we started an hour too early. Thought the show was over. 
Oh no, this is so inappropriate. It was the last. Wasn't best movie. That was the last award. They could have done that. <laughs> a bulldozer could have came in and knocked them over, and they could have like started lay down some Hogwarts bricks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, all those guys and girls' acting careers are over anyway after being in Twilight. Oh, so. oh, oh, oh come man, on. that's below the belt. Oh, it's a joke. Maybe they can come work on. at the theme park. I'd, I'd suggest, exactly. I'd suggest we move on, but I'm not entirely done laughing yet. <laughs> Says the person who liked Breaking Dawn. Yes. Okay. Cedric can work at the theme park. He knows all about Harry Potter. <laughs> no? Okay. Well, that's Enough. it for um, the news this week. You know, we don't have a new theme park to look forward to this summer, but we do have LeakyCon and Ascendio, two Harry Potter conferences happening this summer. First up is Ascendio happening in Orlando. That'll be taking place July 12th, 12th through the 15th. 12th to the 15th. Yep. <laughs> At the Portofino Bay Hotel. That's on the Universal property. They're going to ha- be having a private party in the park. Uh, that is a extra ticket, just FYI. But when you go to register on hp2012.org, you can learn all about, you know, all the, the extras that you can buy. And MuggleCast will be there. No word yet on what day and time exactly what's happening. Oh, we got to have a co- talk about that. <laughs> we can, uh, mm, excuse me. Well, yeah, to be announced, we'll, we'll discuss that. And then a month later, Yay. almost exactly a month later, is LeakyCon 2012 taking place uh, August 9th to the 12th in Chicago. And we will also be there. This, ladies and gents, listeners, boys and girls of all ages, MuggleCast is going to be celebrating our seventh birthday during LeakyCon week. The magic number. This is, I cannot say, yes, seven, isn't seven the most magically powerful number? (laughs) Something about that, yeah. Yes, it is. So, anyway, just throwing out that we don't know what we're doing yet, but it'll be... We Maybe we should get pr- stickers printed up, like celebrating like, seven years or something. The number like that. seven. <laughs> what would be really cool is if we could get all seven original hosts to go out. So pick up Laura, Jamie, <laughs> Ben. What's Ben doing? <laughs> Kevin Stack. Bring him back <laughs> uh-huh. and get all of us. You could probably talk Kevin. I could probably. I'll give him a call. He's doing well. He could. He could come out. Um. So, yeah, so that is August 9th to the 12th. You go to LeakyCon.com for information about LeakyCon. You go to HP2012.org for information about Ascendio. And we'll see you at one or the other, or maybe both. Ooh. Maybe both. Okay, so now uh, we have a Twitter question of the week. We actually asked on Twitter, those of us who follow... Yeah. We asked to those who follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash MuggleCast. We said, with all that has been said and announced by JKR recently, when do you predict a encyclopedia may be released? You know, we've talked about all this conflicting info, and now there's Book of Spells with new info. So we want to know when you think it realistically will be out. Yesenia Rota. Says at least another two years until its release. Cassie Savani says, I thought it was all going on Pottermore and there wasn't going to be a book. If not, not until Pottermore is completely done. Uh oh. That could be years away. 
That could be four or five years for all we know. Dakota109 said, Not very hopeful it will be anytime soon, unfortunately. Katapai says, I'm guessing not for a few few years, based on her recent statement about it and that she is giving info for free on Pottermore. Sad face. Uh, TDADC said, Honestly, I don't see it happening anymore. <laughs> that's, a, that's a bold statement. My hype has gone down the drain. Guess Digital World Sony is Joe's new fave. Hashtag bummer. This user is also giving the middle finger in his profile picture, so he's naturally a very negative guy. Um, Seal Bren said, even though I'd love there to be one, I have a feeling we're never going to get a physical book, which is really disappointing. Here's another surprising comment. Alyssa V says, I'm not convinced you'll ever write it, at least not in a traditional format, with all extra material compiled in one book. Eric, Mike, and Selena, everybody thinks, a lot of people think this is the yeah. end. Yeah. No encyclopedia. I'm kind of with them. Yeah. Really? Why, Selena? Because why? Don't I, say it so. <laughs> uh, because I just, all this information that's being released. What do you know? <laughs> what have, I have what, what have you heard in that country um, of yours over there? <laughs> um, but you know, all of this information that's being released online and through games and what have you, like, I just think the more information is released in other ways, the less likely it is that we're ever going to get an official handwritten, not handwritten, that would be too much, but an official written <laughs> encyclopedia by J.K. Rowling where she gathers all this and she she took all this, you know, stuff that she's already published everywhere else, you know, because the great thing about the encyclopedia was supposed to be that she... She, she, we got all this new information about all the characters, all the backstory, but if that's already been released, you know, that's not going to be, I don't know. But then again, she will be doing it for charity. I don't know. Andrew, you can convince me otherwise, because I want to (laughs) believe. I think she's said so much at this point about an encyclopedia happening. It has to happen. Mm. Yeah, possibly. Okay, that's a fair I mean, argument. There's no way <laughs> she started working on it and then what? She changed her mind. Yeah. You know, she started working on it like let's say a few months ago, even though it may have been a year or two ago for all yeah. we know. Even though in that, you know, that message on her site she said I've started work on this now, implying that it just got started. So what? She just started working on it and then changed her mind? No way. <laughs> well, no way. it did sound like that though. That's what I thought. I was like, uh, oh, maybe it's not going as smoothly as she hoped. Oh well, there goes that idea. Well, it hit a bump in the road when Sony came knocking and said, uh, don't tease the encyclopedia. We need to tease Book of Spells and Pottermore. <laughs> <Maybe>. <laughs> that could be it. Well, that could be it. You're taking attention away from our field. That's how you. Sony sounds to you. <laughs> <laughs> the voice of Sony. <laughs> Sony. But I yeah, no, I, I think that, um, I, I think that because she has been doing all this stuff with casual vacancy and whatever else she's writing. I mean, I'm sure this is just a way for her to say, okay, well, it might not be in the next two years. It might be in five, even ten years, but... Speaking of, guys, where is the casual vacancy book cover? Come on. How many pages is it going <laughs> to be? It's just going to be Joe's face. Oh, <laughs> where, are the, where are the... I love sitting in anticipation. <laughs> she can take her time with really? that. I'm looking... Well, yeah, but I would bet... I'll guess next month you know what really? I with think... a with a september 27th is it 29th release date um you know when will the cover have to be completed for that not to change the subject but ask little brown i don't know okay i, I think go. it's gonna be like something <laughs> like a door or something like that on the cover like 
I don't know. Yeah, it's going to yeah, be boring. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> that's the thing with the casual vacancy is that I don't know if she intentionally chose the most boring title imaginable, but it's just, I wish it had a more exciting name. I don't know. As J.K. Rowling trying to be boring. As if. As if she could. I don't know. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I really think there's not going to be anything to the cover. It's not like we're going to be able to analyze it much. We don't know the mm-hmm. characters. We don't know anything about it. Uh, we're not going to be able to be like, oh, wait, is that Harry in the background? Is that serious in the background? Or maybe we will. What's that treasure <laughs> trove? Well, our track record's not that great either because <laughs> remember when we analyzed book seven and they were in like a coliseum and it was... Hey, we got some things <laughs> right over the years. Give us credit. It did look like a coliseum. Look, I'm just going to say that, but... Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the cover, don't get me wrong. I just think we're not going to be able to... And it will be very exciting to see it there just won't be much to, to discuss. Because <laughs> also remember, it's an adult book, and traditionally I think those are pretty simple covers. Yeah, usually focusing on one object, like a typewriter with blood on it. <laughs> right. Or even look at the Hunger Games. I mean, those have just a simple one, simple... I mean, they, they're it's representative the of yeah. a lot. Right, but but it is simple. Of course we'll analyze yeah. it, no matter yeah, what it is. Gonna say that. It could be a trash can <laughs> and we'll pick it apart. <laughs> This is where the encyclopedia went. But was there much anticipation for the original Hunger Games? Didn't it kind of take off on its own? You know, I feel like there's a lot more anticipation because J.K. Rowling is a known author and having written Harry Potter than anything on the cover is going to be analyzed. And... Definitely, definitely. You know and that's mean? why I think there's going to be midnight release parties for the book because people want to want to recapture that spirit. That's what I do want to organize or see organized. I want I want to get that email. I, I almost said from Borders. I do want an email from Borders. I'm still waiting for another one. But um, Barnes and Noble saying, "Hey, you know, come party with us. We're going to do some casual vacancy stuff." Um, you know, I mean, it's never too soon. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to I'm ready one. to plan my. You're going. So is that set up? You already. No, no, but of course I'll oh, go yeah. to one. I don't care where it is. I'll find one and I'll go. <laughs> well, there. I, I I don't want to out somebody, but somebody prominent in the Harry Potter fandom said that. They are not, they don't want a midnight release party. Oh, wow. I, I thought, you are nuts. I, but yeah, midnight party, count me in. Yeah, I'm totally. going. I'll make my own midnight party if, if people aren't, if bookstores don't have them. I'll sell my own. I'll buy a crate of casual vacancies. Wow. So I'll come over to my apartment. <laughs> I was going to say Walmart would be the only, you know, bookstore still open at midnight if everybody doesn't yeah. decide to do them. Or you know what? This is what anybody could do at home. Have an ebook. Midnight release party. Everybody come over oh, with their pajamas and their no. e-reader. Oh my god! At the same so time, <laughs> down, wait. Do do yeah. ebooks? Everybody hit refresh yeah. at the same time and get. Does their that work? Is that al- like do do ebooks yeah. become available at like midnight? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. yeah. Just like just like with iTunes when an album's. Released. Oh yeah, midnight. I I've never bought you know never waited for an album on iTunes. That's why I don't know. But uh, well, there okay. you go. Yeah, I think it'll happen. And the, the advantage there is actually that if you're on the West Coast, you can get it at 9 p.m. Ooh. So you get a little early. Yeah. Let's move on to emails now. Uh, go ahead. Somebody read the first one while my dog is This barking. one comes from Caitlin, Georgia. Uh, this is in response to our Pottermore discussion, either last week or the week before. They do tend to blend together about McGonagall's backstory. Um, Caitlin writes, McGonagall's backstory kind of reminds me of Tom Riddle's. 
especially the part about her parents where her mother was a witch and her father was a muggle. The main reason Tom became Voldemort was because of his father, wasn't it? His father abandoned his mother because of her magic. The only difference was that McGonagall's parents didn't leave each other. Another thing about a hat stall, I thought Neville was a hat stall, or maybe I read about someone else on Pottermore. I really like the backstories, though. They're very informative. Neville was not a hat stall, but he was close. We covered this, didn't we? Like Hermione, it's a question of whether or not the hat the hat can take a long time mm-hmm. to decide you and still not, or or even wonder if you wouldn't be better in another house. But it's not a hat stall, you know. Yeah, yeah there's uh, further down from Sarah, seventeen of California. She says, "Hey guys, so in your episode two fifty three, you were discussing who were hat stalls. You mentioned Harry. However, on Pottermore, they do say that Hermione and Neville were the two that came closest to being hat stalls." in Harry's year, and she quotes specifically from Pottermore. Love the show. Keep it coming. It is a bit confusing, though, because, I mean, even with McGonagall and Flitwick, the hat did eventually decide, you know, or did they decide? Uh, no, the hat decided. Yeah, so how yeah, is that different? the hat different? decided. Right. I wonder how that's different. You're right. Uh, well, I guess timing-wise, right? If it makes its decision within three minutes or five minutes or something like Maybe. that. Maybe. <laughs> three minutes or less, or hat stall guaranteed. <laughs> I, think, I think I read that, yeah. Well, uh, okay, so then with McGonagall and, and Tom Riddle, interesting parallel. Um, and I, I just think that, uh, you know, people's parenting uh, really influences who they become. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think I think the thing with Tom, though, with, with, you know, young Voldemort, is that he was an orphan. And so, you know, he did, his mother died giving birth to him. He did blame his father for his mother's death and, you know, for not being around. And the fact that he was obviously, you know, not magical, um, you know, that, that kind of thing just, just kind of fueled his hatred. Whereas McGonagall, you know, she just had a lot of regret because her parents were, even though they were still together. And I think that makes all the difference. Um, there wasn't much love there after, you know, there just wasn't trust. Um, so that just, you just see how that influenced both of those characters throughout their lives. Fortunately, you know, McGonagall still held really strong values. Um, and I think that's what, I think that was what the difference is, is that, you know, McGonagall had her biological parents stick it out through tough times, whereas Tom didn't have any parents. Um, he just had a shoddy old orphanage. Also, he was evil. Also, (laughs) well, (laughs) did the book ever answer that? Did you feel that way, Selena, whether or not? He was born evil or made evil I, by his surroundings. I feel like a lot of kids grow up in orphanages without growing up to be killers and horrible people. <laughs> you know? Yeah. I think he was okay. definitely evil. That's- Next email is from Caroline13 of Virginia. She says, hi, Mugglecasters. Love the show. Anyway, while I was rereading Half-Blood Prince, U.S. softcover, by the way, I noticed something kind of odd. On page 114, Narcissa is talking to Draco about his father, but uses a first name. Do you think that it is possible that Lucius isn't Draco's father after all? Not to say that Draco is Dobby's son, like in a very Potter musical or anything, but I really do think this is plausible. <laughs> what do you think? It's pl- so I, plausible I don't get it. that just... Dobby is <laughs> Draco's father? No. Is this the encyclopedia, really? <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't understand what this has to do with Dobby, though. I, well, I, she's just saying, okay, so like in the Harry Potter books, Narcissa in one scene is talking to Draco and says, "Your father, this or that," but because she doesn't say Lucius by name, I don't know. I mean, doesn't that mean that 
How, he has a different father. How many silvery blonde pure blood wizards are there really? Mm. Is silvery blonde the dominant or the recessive trait? That's a good point. <laughs> Could she? Yeah, I don't know. Um, oh, interesting, but I mean, when you're talking to your son, wouldn't you say your father instead of, you know, Lucius, that kind of thing? Or the boy's father to somebody else? I don't know. It's just a word choice. Very interesting because I guess clues can be hidden in that way, but... Uh, I never got the impression that that Draco had Maybe Snape was Draco's father. (laughs) Oh, snap. Yeah. Maybe James was Draco's father. Such a man (gasps) where gets gets all the action. Yeah, wouldn't that be creepy? Harry had a brother. Sorry. Yeah, maybe uh, Carolyn can clarify what she means, because I was looking through the book, and I'm not finding what she's talking about. On page 114... She uses a first name. Yeah, she refers to him as Lucius, but oh, she doesn't. She doesn't say, say your father. Maybe she's distant with him. I don't know. Maybe she was. Maybe it was that time of the month. You know, she's. I don't know. Different. She, she di- just says maybe herself. Harry or it, I. I closed the book, but it said something along the lines: they're in Madame Malkin's and they're fighting with each other. And uh, she says she supposes that Harry will be reunited with Sirius before she's reunited with Lucius, because he's in Azkaban. Next email is from Bailey15 of Oshkosh, Wisconsin. Hey, guys, huge Harry Potter fan, a longtime listener here. Anyways, in my English English class, I am reading the play Henry V, and I made a Harry Potter connection. In Act 5 of the play, there's a battle, and on the king's side, many of the fighters are disguised as the king, who is the main target. This particular scene made me think of the Seven Potter scene. Do you think J.K. Rowling uses history to inspire her writing in certain events in Harry Potter and Casual Vacancy? Keep up the good work. P.S. I think Eric has the. This can't be right. Cutest voice. It's got to be ever. a typo or something. I, Love uh, you. Smile. No. Now I'm now I'm blushing and I have to answer. Is this your girlfriend email. still listening? Yeah, she's right here. Um, <laughs> like not reading the screen, evidently. Uh, Bailey's gonna get cut. Okay, look. So. <laughs> God. She's <laughs> anyway. Uh, so yes, I think I think Joe's made it no secret that. You know, she has pulled from history before to influence Absolutely. her Absolutely. I mean, you look at examples throughout history of, like, even ones that didn't happen, but through Shakespeare plays, I, I think there are definitely tons of intentional parallels there. Um, mm-hmm. And let's face it, like, good ideas. Um, like the Trojan horse, you know, how many times is that going to be replicated? Next email. Mm-hmm. Uh Go ahead, Michael. Read the next email. It comes from Jim Lepresti, 45, of Perth, Australia. And he says, Hiya, Mugglecasters. Thanks so much for the continued podcast on Harry Potter. You guys are simply the best. I still have withdrawal symptoms and can't get enough of the Wizarding World. Jim Dale's audiobooks rock and bring it all to life for me as a blind listener. This is the first time I have posted to you guys, but I'm a long-time listener and I'm constantly frustrated as a blind person trying to access and get through Pottermore. I use a talking screen reader, and that works wonderfully well with all the text on Pottermore, but forget me trying to find keys or click on items on the screen. I've been in touch with Pottermore Help, and they say they have contacted the Royal Institute for the Blind in England, and the programmers are working on it, but nothing seems to be happening. I like... All Harry Potter fans want to get my wand and proceed through the book, but can't get past the chapter of Diagon Alley. Hopefully, with some of the changes and fixes you guys discuss in episode 253, we'll fix this problem for me. Again, keep up the good work. Regards, Jim. 
completely unique email, and I really just want to say how much I appreciate Jim writing in about this. Um, if he wrote and got a response from Pottermore saying the programmers, you know, are in touch with the Royal Institute for the Blind, that they're working on, you know, some accessibility features on Pottermore, I would say remain patient. You got your email back. It says they're working on it. I think they'll probably really be working on it. Um, you know, I don't think it's in Pottermore's character to, you know, be disingenuous about something like that. Um, so hopefully, hopefully there will be a more accessible version of Pottermore for you. And, and yeah, I mean, Diagon Alley chapter is really difficult. I didn't even know where to click and I, I was, you know, staring at the screen for an hour. Um, so I can see how that would be tough. Yeah. I, this is, I guess, a problem with such a deeply interactive site for people who are blind. You, you there are certain, this site relies so much on clicking around and, discovering you know certain Before elements you can of proceed site. whereas like a text-only right. version or hey we'll say it again an encyclopedia you know an ebook or or in, an, in some other format maybe an ebook version of pottermore even would be a possible solution but you know to read to read the content um just very interesting now the fact I, that oh yeah sorry go ahead well I, the one other thing i was going to say is that i guess the Pottermore's argument here could be, well, it's a video game. Pottermore is a video game. And and video games really aren't um accessible to the blind either. Um not not that they would like throw that in your face or something, but I think that would be their take on this type of situation. Um Yeah. Just because they they developed this a certain way that they knew would not be accessible to everybody and this is how they're dealing with it. It stinks. I, I can imagine you being very frustrated over this. Um, but I guess the the one solution I would have for you is to do Pottermore with somebody. Oh. Who could help you throw that'd it. That'd be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bring a friend. I, I wonder what Pottermore is doing, though. He mentioned that um, they contacted the Royal Institute for the Blind. And are working with the programmers. Pro- pro- yeah, like that's... I guess maybe they're giving Pottermore tips on how to enhance it. I don't sure. Know. Yeah. No, Could that's they do cool. like speech commands for the questions? Yeah. yeah, maybe. Oh, that'd be cool. Maybe. I just thought it was it was really great to get this email, the fact that Jim listens to us on a on a regular basis. And I mean if there's obviously anything we can do on our end to, to help out with uh you know, getting that uh, taken care of by all means. I mean, um, I'm I'm sure that though, as Eric and Andrew both pointed out, that Pottermore is is working to, for a solution because I'm sure there are uh, a lot of uh, Potter fans out there who want to use Pottermore who are you know visually impaired in that sense, and they should have every means of being able to use it as everyone else, especially if there won't mm-hmm. be an encyclopedia, right? <laughs> And if Jim Dale doesn't narrate it, <laughs> that would be a problem. Uh, next email, Eric, would you like to read that one? It's the last email, actually. We already touched on the last one when you okay. were away. So, Chris, Christy, right? <clears throat> right? Okay, I'm just going to go. This one's from Christy H. Yeah. Hi, MuggleCasters. It seems unreal that I have now been listening to your podcast for almost two years. It gets better with every episode. 
on episode 253, you were discussing how James Potter's actions resulted in the rift between the Dursleys and the Potters. While this is partly true, it says that Vernon was trying to patronize James as well. Also, James was ashamed of his actions and tried to repair his relationship with his brother-in-law, but Vernon would not speak to him. James had probably never met anyone like Vernon and would not know exactly how to act around him, Vernon being the complete opposite of himself. Let me know if you guys agree. Love the show, Christy. P.S. When is Jamie going to be on another episode? Well, we should have Jamie on another episode. I certainly agree. We can try to make that happen. Has anybody spoken to Jamie in a while? Are we sure he's alive? Yeah, I catch up every once in a while with him on Gchat. Oh, good. He is alive, as far as I know. Okay. I haven't spoken in, to him in a while. Uh, in England. Doing well, as far as I know. So... That's about all I can provide. Cause well, I don't know Micah, I'll more get than in that. touch with Kevin. You get in touch with Jamie, and we'll, we'll okay. see about bringing them to Chicago with Selena in August. Sounds good. Um, but, yeah, but I like. Um, you know, I, I think last uh, week we tried to, uh, or last episode, you know, a lot of the discussion focused around how James really didn't do much to solidify that relationship between himself and Vernon, and and it was a bit one sided. But obviously, we know who Vernon is and what his character is like. Uh, so he is just as much to blame, uh, if not a little bit more so, I think, than James. But there's still a part of me that thinks James could have made more of an effort. Yeah. So oh, much, yeah. so I much for opposites you. attract, right? We got James and Lily, who are the, you know, both very adept wizards, and then Vernon and Petunia, who are both the same, very boring, uh, very anti magic, and they just can't make it work. They just can't get along very well. That's a good point. All right. Well, that's it for emails this week. As you can tell, our email feedback form is working again. So if you go to mugglecast.com and you click on contact at the top, you can fill out the feedback form there. Get to us uh, with any comments you have about anything we've discussed on the show today. Also on the MuggleCast website, of course, you know what you can find there. Our link to our iTunes where you can subscribe and review us. Link to our Twitter, which is twitter.com slash mugglecast. Facebook, facebook.com slash MuggleCast, and our fan Tumblr, which is MuggleCast.tumblr.com. Lots of good stuff to keep you as a fan busy. Also, uh, you know, we just passed uh, National Wear Your MuggleCast t-shirt day. We retweeted some of the MuggleCast t-shirt wearers on the uh, Twitter account. That Proud was to say I was one of them. Were you guys one of them? Yes. Not this year, no. Oh, just uh, <laughs> just pass it by. Just Maybe <laughs> next year. Maybe next year. Uh, no, you know, I, I wear it from time to time. I don't need a special day to wear my my <laughs> wow. cast shirt. Right, every day for it's, me it's is been the same day, day for day. years. I wear man. it under I wear it under my my um my shirt at work. You know, just to the gym wherever I go. So <laughs> I can see, I can I, see Mike ripping off a button down shirt, and underneath is the the Mike Bolt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, that's actually my favorite shirt. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That yeah I was, was just thinking one. I don't have a MuggleCast T-shirt, but I actually do from the 2007 live podcast in London. I still have that somewhere. Oh, and I'm sure. Wait, I'm sure I'll get another one. There, I was there. Yes, before oh, I really knew who you guys were. Was there? <laughs> did you say Aww. any? Did you come and see us afterwards? No. Well, my did I? I can't. I can't believe I we were in the same room. Wait, were yeah. you were you the people in the same room or were you no, upstairs, we were upstairs watching this? 
You broke the we ceiling did. We lights. were the ones. Yeah. Can you believe it? Isn't that strange? <laughs> That's so hilarious that you were there. Yeah. If we only knew. Yep. Yeah. And uh, just a quick reminder that on MuggleNet coming up on June 11th are going to be the owl examinations where you can sit down and take actual owl exams in any number of subjects from Defense Against the Dark Arts to potions to astronomy to muggle studies. It's all there, and uh, you'll get your appropriate grade via email afterwards. So it is that time of year. If uh, you know you were going to Hogwarts, uh, you would be taking your owl examinations Aww. in your fifth year. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. So be sure to check that out. All right. Excellent. This has been a fun episode. Thank you, everybody, for listening. From Hypable, I'm Andrew Sims. From MuggleNet, I'm Eric Skull. From MuggleNet, I'm Micah Tannenbaum. And from Hypable, I'm Selena Wilkin. And we will see you next time for episode 255. That's 255. Bye. Bye. Goodbye.